How can I explain things unseen when I can feel it? How can I attain the answers for questions that linger? Or if my mind could wrap around the facts, make them tangible, it's be easy. Yeah. The way I'm feeling, it's just beyond a Hey everyone. Hola. Hi. Yeah. Yeah. See. Si. Just oh okay. Well, if Derek ever speaks in English again, we will have <laughs> him come back to the show. Uh, in the meantime, only because I just can't speak that fluently. That's okay. Oh, hi. You're hey. back. How are you? <laughs> That's okay. Um, I was trying to think up what the Espanol version of that was, but. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, I, I'd have to go back to like third grade and figure that all out. Mm-hmm. I wish I kept up with that. But hello, everyone. Sorry. Well, Derek and I have existential crisis on uh, how we can speak fluently in other languages. <laughs> uh, we'll stick with English on this one. And we hope you're having a nice day. Um, interestingly enough, our two and a half year old, Chase, has been watching a lot of different shows that, um, interestingly enough, bring up like inner voice, your conscience, um, like there's this, this, uh, Mickey Christmas show that he's still watching, even though it's February. Uh, and it's like Scrooge McDuck plays Scrooge, obviously. And the ghost of Christmas past is Jiminy Cricket and heavily underrated Disney character. I know you love Jiminy Cricket. So we're, we're going to Disney this month and, uh, and Derek has like no Jiminy Cricket clothing um it's a travesty he only likes like three or four characters like really loves them like would take a bullet for them and jiminy cricket's one of them and uh i think the other one is rafiki and goofy so Goofy's a little bit easier for me to find clothing for rafiki a little bit but like there's nothing jiminy cricket yeah oh and you like you like thomas o'malley i do from the aristocats and skit kit yeah and skit kit so (laughs) um we digress so jiminy cricket you know is like scrooge's conscience in that movie um, another thing is like Toy Story 4. Chase is a big Toy Story fanatic. And Toy Story 4, there's literally a moment where Woody is explaining to Buzz what a conscience is. And Buzz thinks it's like an inner voice. So he starts pressing his buttons and listening to himself. But why am I bringing this up to you? Um, it, you know, it's it's interesting that they start to introduce these concepts to kids. Um, but like as adults, we don't always listen to our inner voice or something bigger than us that's telling us to do something. And uh, there was a story that we recently heard from a very good friend of ours, actually the guy who sings our opening song, Brad. Um, He told this insane story on Instagram. It was like on his TikTok or something. Yeah. And both Derek and I were like, I was like shaking to my core. I just, I gave me the chills. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. And, uh, and we wanted to play his story for you and just talk a little bit about the idea of listening to someone besides yourself when you make decisions. Take a listen. So in 2011, I got hit by a car, broke my leg, uh, broke my tibia and my fibula. And um, about six months passed until I could finally walk. On the seventh month, I got invited uh, to go bowling. And uh, by the end of the night, they weren't able to drive me home, so I had to go take the train. Uh, It's about 12 a.m. in the morning, and I see this guy walk by me with a hoodie on, me mugging me. So I'm like, yo, like, I'm in Bridgeport, Connecticut. I can't fight nobody right now with this broken leg recovering. Like, God, I need you to protect me. 
and I heard God tell me, I want you to go out and talk to him. And I'm like, what the heck am I talking about? What are we talking about? And the Lord was like, I want you to tell him that I love him. So I went out to him, prayed about it, walked up, y'all felt like God told me, he said that he loves you, da 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 45 minutes passed and we talking to him. And when the train got there, he told me that he was going to jump in front of the train that night and kill himself. And I forever changed the way that I answered to God. Just insane. Yeah. Goosebumps. Literally insane. Yeah. Um, I, when I heard him tell this story, I sent it to Derek immediately, and I thought, this has to go on our podcast. Um, not just because it's an amazing story, which, by the way, thanks for sharing it, Brad, with the whole world. I think it's yeah. really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, there's a bigger message, though, to his story, which is, you know, no matter what you believe in, I do think that we don't always listen to whether it's your inner voice, your conscience, God. Um, for us, it's God, God kind of leading us to what our next move should be. And whether it's as uh, big of an impact as what Brad was saying or something as small as just making someone's day, I don't know how often you kind of bypass that feeling of maybe I should reach out to that person or maybe I should ask that person if they're okay. I know I've done it plenty of times where I then think, man, what would have happened if I had just said hello or if I had just asked that person to have lunch with me? You know what I mean? I don't I don't know how you I feel think about to it. that point, it's it's a muscle just like anything else. And it gets stronger the more you work it. And I think if you're someone that follows Brad or his uh, music career as a buy, you know that he's someone who's a man of God and clearly someone who has probably flexed and used that intuition muscle. Um, his God muscle. So he's, I think, more in tune with it. Mm -hmm. And I think um, just those like smaller little actions that Melissa's talking about, that kind of helps you um, just use that intuition or in our eyes, godly um, message and muscle uh, more. And then you're more in tune with it and um, it becomes more powerful over Mm -hmm. time. It's it's interesting, too, because this story really triggered one of my favorite books of all time, which um, is Mitch Album, Five People You Meet in Heaven. And I actually had the privilege last year of interviewing Mitch Album on my radio show. And, you know, there's a man who has just so much faith and he likes to not kind of shove it down people's throats, which I love, but through his writing, he loves to make people think and to understand this idea that we're all connected, even though sometimes we forget that we're all connected and we don't know how we're connected either. Um, but it's it's funny because I've started to, once I read that book and got more in touch with my faith, uh, almost any person I pass, like it's funny, even today, for example, I was at Joanne's, I was getting some stuff to um, make a, a shirt or whatever I was doing. I was doing some kind of craft project. And the woman behind me, you know, I have no idea who she was. There was nothing significant about our talking, but she just asked if I lived far away uh, because it started snowing. And I said to her, no, like I don't live too far. It shouldn't be bad. And she, you know, was just kind of like talking about how she just always hopes every day that if it snows overnight, she can make it to work the next morning. Why, why is it significant? I actually have no idea. I don't think it, I don't know if it's significant at all, but Like, I don't know if this was a woman who felt like she just wanted to be able to talk to someone or maybe she was feeling nervous about driving. And if not for having our conversation about like, well, because only because I work in the news and I know it's going to calm down by this evening. Um, I don't know if she's someone who wouldn't have slept tonight if she was anxiety ridden over the over the storm. But I was like, no, it's going to be done by this evening. You know, whatever. I have no idea why I talked to this woman. <laughs> like I have no idea. And it may not be significant, but it may be super. 
super significant. And I just think about stuff like that. Like, do I talk to this person? Do I not? This is a stranger. Do I stop? Do I ask how their day is going? Um, it's, I don't know. And it, but it's interesting when you think about like the opposite, when people naturally smile at me or ask me how I'm doing or strike up conversation, like my day gets better. Yeah. I don't know if you feel that way, but like I literally love when strangers take an interest and they actually aren't being like they're being genuine. Right. And they just want to know how your day is. Yeah. I, don't I, know. I think we're all just creatures of community and we all want to be, you know, um, seen and heard and, and loved by other people. So, you know, that little smile is very simple to do, but really powerful, too. Yeah. So, yeah. And I mean, for myself, I know there have been moments like the most recent I can think of where I felt like something stronger than me was saying, you need to do something for this person. Um, my producer at work uh, is, you know, a pretty quiet guy. He kind of keeps to himself, very hardworking, but he's pretty private. Um, and, uh, you know, he had contracted COVID in December and was out of work for seven weeks and his parents, um, are older. So they also got sick and are still kind of dealing with it now. And, um, without even really knowing anything about it, I, uh, our church is doing this like 40 day challenge where we're trying to be more like Jesus. And, uh, I bought a book for my producer. I was like, you know what? Like maybe he would just love to feel some comfort. You know, he's very private. Maybe if he reads on his own, maybe he'll feel some sense of uh, peace. And it was amazing because I hand him this book and he's like, why are you giving me this? And I immediately thought, okay, I've offended him. I don't want to push religion on people, but I just, I thought it would be comforting. And before I could even answer, he just said, the last seven weeks have been so lonely for me because I I can't go to church. Um, I can't go to church because of COVID. I've got to show them a, a negative test and I can't test negative until I've gone 90 days without the antibodies. And he's like, so I can't go to church. And I've just been at home and I'm feeling like not motivated by the Bible right now. I, I feel like I'm by myself. Um, church is one of the only communities that doesn't judge me. And I feel like I don't know where to turn. And he's like, this book has been amazing. Like he's been reading it every day um he doesn't do one challenge a day like he'll read four or five but he just feels this sense of peace and it certainly doesn't take away all the anxiety he's been feeling but like I don't know why I bought him that book I've literally never done that before like we've gone to church for so many years Derek and I've been together for 12 years and so many times we'll go to church and they're like invite someone to the Easter service we never do um give this to somebody who really needs it we never do <laughs> we just we just kind of keep to ourselves and it's not because we don't want to push it on people but that's just it we we don't want to bother people um but for some reason, something told me, buy a book for your producer because he really needs it right now. And I didn't even know that. And it was crazy. I mean, you know, it, it maybe I don't know if it was life saving per se, but it was something that he was really lacking. And that inner voice or in our what we believe is God just saying, hey, you need to go buy a book for this guy. Yeah. And we didn't even talk about it beforehand. Like we we were going to buy the books for ourselves after church. And then we pull up to the thing and uh, like the booth. And I was like, Derek, let's get three. And he's like, oh, OK. <laughs> it's <laughs> like I need to get one for my producer. Yeah. It was very odd how that happened. I don't know. Yeah. And again, I think it's it doesn't. I mean, obviously, it does matter if it saves someone's life. But uh, big picture wise, it doesn't because it's all about just tuning into this voice and when it speaks to you to respond to it mm. and as you respond to it more and more like the little things like the joanne conversation maybe that is insignificant maybe it doesn't lead to anything but you know as you develop that um that 
chemistry in your brain to actually respond to these inner gut feelings or God feelings or, or what have you, there will be a moment like Sabai or Brad went through where you're going to save someone's life or mm-hmm. you're going to change someone's life. And unless you're responding to those, you know, every single day, because once you get in tune with it, I mean, you really will feel kind of some intuition on some level, not on big levels, but little levels every single day. And I think you time. build courage yeah. to act on those, right, exactly. you know, yep. because I know for myself, as extroverted as I am, I am. Well, Derek knows I like can't even look at a waitress in the eye when I order a meal. I have so much <laughs> social anxiety. I don't know why I do, but I do. I come off as that, you know pompous husband that's like my wife will have <laughs> it's like i'm not that guy at all but my wife can't talk to you so <laughs> i don't mean to i feel it's so weird and people never believe me because they're like you talk for a living and i'm like i know but i talk to a wall like none of you could see me um so no it's it's true and i, I but i think the more that we get comfortable and confident in reaching out to people and like just listening to that inner voice be like hey ask this person how they're doing or tell them that their shirt looks really nice. Like yeah. I, it's, it's a little, yeah. little moments yeah. because that's what, I mean, it's like anything else. Like when you're lifting weights, you don't start with 300 pounds on the barbell. You start with, you know, the barbell mm-hmm. and then you work your way up. Yeah. I know I've had plenty of moments, especially as, cause I wasn't really a man of faith or God early on in my life. It was kind of just forced upon me and I just, you know, went through the motions, but especially as I've started to go to BlackRock and then uh, we went through this whole premarital counseling, which definitely helped propel my faith. I've started to just, I, you know, that intuition, God speaking to me has always been there, but I've started to notice it more. And, you know, I have those moments throughout any day where I just feel like whether I'm on the phone with a client and I can feel myself start to be like, oh, like we're going over this for like the sixth time. But like, God will speak to me like, well, maybe this person has some kind of, I don't know, learning issue where I need like to. Like a cognitive yeah, disability. Yeah. Or, or maybe they're so stressed with everything else going on in life. I'm just someone they can talk to. And even though it's not necessarily like a very fun topic we're talking about insurance, um, it's just someone that they can pick up the phone call and just, you know, get out of their own reality for a moment. I've had moments where out you of do the have blue. a very nice voice. <laughs> soothing. <laughs> It's very, it's very nice. <laughs> I, I have had, uh, I've had moments where just randomly I'll have like a friend's face pop into my head or like an intuition mm. to like text or call that person. And I remember specifically, I won't call the person out, but really like strongly thinking about someone out of nowhere, someone that I hadn't talked to in probably about like six weeks. And I just shot this person a text and like almost immediately heard back that they were in a pretty dark place and how did I know to reach out? And this is someone that is not religious in any sense um, and still really isn't even after this whole thing happened. But, you know, I was able to connect with this person, have a really deep conversation. Um, I don't think it was ever going to go anywhere really dark, but, you know, who knows? And the fact that just out of nowhere, I had this inner voice saying, reach out to this person. Mm-hmm. And then that person really, really needed it. Like, come on. I mean, that is beyond a reason. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I mean, and that's, I think the big thing too, is like you were saying earlier, Derek, that like when you get more comfortable and more in touch with that voice, you hear it more. Yeah. Um, I think that we naturally are creatures of habit and we are stubborn and we like to run our own lives and not be told what to do. So naturally we're going to tell ourselves that we 
don't want to bother people or we don't want to get involved. And I think that we will always bypass people. I think that's just kind of natural. That's the flaw in human beings, um, that we are self-centered at nature. Um, It's about me, myself, and I. Uh, Like, I mean, even Derek and, and... you know, when we when we first got engaged, we we thought we were going to crush. <laughs> we thought we were going to absolutely destroy premarital meetings. And uh, <laughs> we were the worst couple there. Um, I don't want to say These the worst. Guys have issues. Yeah, no, we just because because at, at the core, no matter how much I loved Derek and Derek loved me, it was so clear that it was still whatever I needed was what was most important to me. Even though I said Derek was first, I didn't believe Derek was first. And it was the same for Derek. Like we always, you go through life other than your parents taking care of you or having a couple of siblings or having friends, like you're focused on you, right? I mean, you go to school and you're not trying to get good grades for your friend. You're trying to get good grades for yourself. Um, When you go to the gym, you are trying to better your body and you're not trying to better somebody else's body. So like we grow up naturally about ourselves and it's not until we get married or until you have children or until you get a pet even that you're like oh I guess I'm not it's not all about me um and I do think that sometimes we're very hard on ourselves I think that we forget the fact that you live about 18 years of your life most times that it was all about you like your parents invest all this money into you um you spend all your time on your studies or your health or your activities and it's really about you um but then when you start to incorporate other people that are really important to you or animals or jobs or whatever um that's a very hard transition and I think that we sometimes feel like you know I don't know if we ever really fully let go of that idea of like it's not about me anymore um so the idea of giving up your time or your energy to total strangers just seems like it's out of the question like that just seems crazy and just based on some like weird like gut feeling or inner voice I mean some people I think almost tune that out because they think they're like crazy. It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, we're so focused, like to your point, we're so focused on taking like our whole social structure is all based on like improving yourself to be better than X, Y, or Z Mm. because your social status is everything. And in reality, the more that you give, you shouldn't go into it with this mindset but the more that you give the more that you get back the more rewarding your life is and uh, but it is kind of true though yeah. like it's so funny but like we just started this conversation off with i my days are better when people go out of their way to acknowledge me because at the at the core of humans we also want to feel value we want to feel purpose we want to feel loved um mm-hmm. and i think that it's interesting that we naturally we know it feels good when someone tells you hey you did a really great job like I my best shows are not the shows that had breaking news or the shows that I had the best interviews. My best shows are when I get off the air and I have two or three emails from people who say you made me happy today or you made my day better or thank you for doing this or thank you for answering my question on this. Like those are my best shows because I feel good. I feel good like I did something good for someone. So it's interesting that we don't naturally feel like, hey, well, I love this feeling. Let me have someone else have this feeling. We don't naturally think that. I think naturally all of us are just trying to either move towards pleasure or escape from pain. Mm. And if you're going to put yourself out there and talk to someone else, there's a possibility there's pain. Uh, And in your brain, you think that the pleasure that you can have just on your own is much better than anything you you can get out there. So, Mm. Um, And I, I also think that because of our smartphones, 
we have this escape where instead of picking up a conversation with someone and making their day or just smiling at them or saying, how you doing? And actually caring about the response. Mm -hmm. Um, we know that we can totally avoid any kind of like awkward conversation by just looking at our phone and just playing, you know, some kind of game or checking Twitter. I mean, I'm guilty of that for sure, but it's so, um, draining you know that's not real community that's not real connection your phone is not real Mm -hmm. it's just an illusion that we've all brought up to distract ourselves but if we can start to just put the phone away listen to our inner voice and like give back and Mm -hmm. and grow our community we'd all be a lot happier and i think you even scratched the surface on something else i think that social media too kind of clouds are our sincerity as people um and what i mean by that is you know some of the most the the biggest examples i can think of is when somebody loses a loved one like for example when graham cracker passed i had posted my um my dedication to her on the air to my facebook page i got hundreds of comments which was great but i only had i think maybe a dozen people reach out to me mm-hmm. and say, are you okay? And I, and the reason I bring that up is not because I need to be flooded with care, but I think, you know, you want to inform people on social media, but you then also want to know like who actually cares or who's just putting a comment there to say, Hey, I did my good deed. I said, are you okay? Um, I find that I've, I, and I fall into that category where I'm like, I've I commented on Facebook. So like, we're good. Right. Um, but you know, I, again, I think back to like the most recent thing I can think of is, you know, just yesterday, um, a, a friend of mine who works in the news industry, we're not best friends by any means. We're just, you know, we're friendly. Um, her son turned one. And I remember when Chase turned one, she was so kind and like reached out via text message, you know, said this whole thing about how Derek and I made it the first year, you know, and, and we worked with God and our son is beautiful and all this stuff. And it meant so much to me. And, and so I, I in return told her yesterday, like, listen, uh, congrats, you made it the first year, you did it in, 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 you know, and your son is beautiful and you're doing great. And she responded back with like, thank you so much for taking the time. And it's so funny that we think of a quick text message as taking the time but it does mean something like it's so easy to press a like button or to just comment something quick like yay happy birthday and we just move on but when you actively take the time type in a number and you 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 talk to them for a few minutes like that means something yeah um has a compounding effect because you're you're focusing your energy on someone else another son or daughter of god in our eyes and that's you know when jesus says that you go to heaven two by two it's because your peace and everything all the pleasure that you're looking for in your phone or whatever distractions you have is right in front of you sitting on the other side of Mm -hmm. the aisle on the bus Mm -hmm. or in the joanne's aisle or in zabai's case um at the train at the train station so you know we are so focused on just these little short glimpses of the pleasure that you get from that facebook like or you know, the views that you're getting on your Instagram video and all of that is so fleeting and so pointless. But if you can actually like bring up conversation and spend time listening to someone and helping someone like that has compounding effects and you're going to be happier. Yeah, I think that's so true. And I feel like, you know, this isn't something that 
we certainly learned overnight and we're still working on this. Like we're still trying to build our courage and our strength to listen to that voice and take risks. Like, you know, if if there's one thing that uh, Brad was talking about in his story was he's like, look, I'm in no, I'm in no physical shape to get into a fight with somebody. I don't want to lose my life. And, and I think a lot of times we are fearful of what people are going to say. And I think we are fearful of how this is going to have a repercussion. But if you have a strong feeling, a strong sense that, you know, that that this could mean something um you know i guess believe it i mean i'm certainly not sitting here you know saying or or i guess like you know saying dive into some kind of a crazy situation but but just practice on the little things exactly i think you just practice on the little things build that confidence up and then i think you will be surprised as to how many people you do end up touching and you may not even know that um you may not know that until decades later or ever but I don't know. I just think, like you said, Derek, I think it's a sense of peace and you just feel like you're connected to the world a little bit more when you listen to that voice and you actively work on it and you actually act on it. It's, yeah. it's crazy. So I would challenge people to listen to it closer and take some risks and, and then act share on your it. stories. Go to our website, beyondareason.com. We have a little share uh, tab or go on to our Facebook, post on our Facebook, send us a message. Whatever you'd like, send us a carrier pigeon. A carrier pigeon. Whatever. That's only because what? What? Oh no, it's the carrier pterodactyl in Dino Ranch yeah, that yeah, they yeah. use. Chase is also really into Dino Ranch right now, but we won't get into that. <laughs> but yes, you could send a pterodactyl carrier pigeon we'll, to us we'll as well. We'll find a we'll find a Dino Ranch spin for one of our episodes. It'll I'm be fun. sure we yeah. will. Just I have no stay doubt. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We'll talk to you guys next time. We love you. When I cannot see it, it's beyond a reason.